The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, this morning I want to start by asking you a question and asking you to consider something is that how is it that you know what you know and by that i don't mean you know i went to school i i i learned how to read um what i mean by that is how is it that you know what you experience how is it that you understand anything about your experience how is it that you actually interpret the world how is it that you actually experience like anything and if we consider this and we look within our own experience what we find is is that we all have this kind of unique first person self-centered perspective and by self-centered perspective I don't mean that you're selfish or anything or you're egotistical or anything like that but is that you're viewing the world from your kind of centralized uh, experience so the example of that say for example with with me at the moment what I'm experiencing I feel like I'm sort of sitting back here somewhere and I'm looking out into the world and there's all these objects in front of me it's like okay there's all these people here and I'm feel like I'm at the center of that in some way and sort of everything is you know all around me and everything's in front of me and everything's sort of I'm sort of encompassed in the middle of this thing so for all intents and purposes I feel like I'm the center of the world. I feel like I'm the absolute center of existence. And this is just experiential again. This is not looking at things in an egotistical manner, but that's the way I experience the world. It's just it's all through me. It's all about me. All the only things that I'm aware of. This is what I consider to be reality. I'm not aware of what's happening outside. I'm not aware what's happening down the street. I'm not aware what's happening in another state or a country. All I'm aware of is what's happening to me right now. And again, I'm just sort of in this first person perspective here and I can extrapolate that, you know, you're all, you know, you're all sort of like me, you're all humans. Um that you are most likely experiencing the world in that way as well that you have your own perspective that you have your own self-centered perspective out onto the world um but the reality is, is you know i while, while i can this is a pretty good guess on my behalf i i don't really know if you are i don't know how any of you experience the world because all i actually have in my whole reality is just what i experience i can never i can never be you i can never be another one of you i can think you know i can think what it's like to be like a chicken or something but i can never actually be the chicken i if i even if i transmute my consciousness into a chicken i'm not me anymore i'm a chicken so all i actually have is this experience and as i said i i'm pretty sure most other people experience reality in this way and everything that we experience we do feel like we're the center of reality so every anything that you've ever experienced in your whole life you were the center of that experience nobody else experienced it but you for all intents and purposes that's just what you know and really this is like the default way that we operate in the world this is our like default operating system um 
and it's just sort of the way it is. And what we do is we're aware of things and we, we become more and more attentive of things. We move our attention around in whatever we're aware of. And what we start to do is we start to, whatever we're attending to, we start to interpret it in a particular way. You know, I'm sort of, again, I'm sitting here and I'm interpreting that, okay, there's all these objects in front of me. I'm pretty sure they're people. If I was interpreting it in a different way that you're all like all bats or something like flying at me, that, that would be terrifying. But I'm interpreting that there's all these people in front of me. And this is, again, this is sort of the default way that I'm seeing the world, I'm interpreting it. And however I interpret it, then this kind of internal monologue comes online and starts to tell me stories about it. It's like, okay, everybody's here, they're, they're, they're basically paying attention to me so far, so, so far so good. So the, that internal monologue comes online and starts to interpret and tells me about the world and whatever it's telling me about the world, that's, for me, that's the meaning that I ascribe to the world. That's the meaning I ascribe to reality. This, this thing that I'm experiencing now, this feels like reality to me. And if, if we look at it this, like this way, and each of, us, each of us has this, but you know, you're seeing me from a different perspective. You know, I only see like my hands and my arms and my robes and things and this microphone in front of me. And I look out into the world, and I'm sure you experience the world, but you're looking back at me. And I'm, for me, for, sorry, for you, I'm an object in your conscious experience. But that's not how I interpret the world. For me, I interpret the world as that my perspective is, is right, that my perspective is real. I don't really know exactly what yours is. And this is good because... This is good in a way because we need to try to interpret the world in a particular way and we need to try to uh, interpret it in the right way. Again, if I saw you all as bats coming flying at me, then this is, this is not a good way to sort of be operating in the world. So the, how we interpret the, the, the meaning of our existence and our life is, is what we're paying attention to what I'm sort of putting my attention on and what I'm telling myself about that, that experience. If I, so for example, now I'm aware of everything that's in the room. And if I just sort of break out and I go, okay, well, what do you, what do you think of the talk? What do you, what do you think of the talk? And you're like, ah, Jan Sadaro, it was sort of convoluted. It was confusing. It was terrible. <laughs> it's like, you're going way too far here. You're just sort of getting locked in your own head. And what happens is I'm aware of this. I become, and I, pull my attention on that thing, on that person. And so the more this person starts to criticize me, I start to interpret. I start to interpret, like, what do you mean you don't understand what I'm talking about? Is you, know, you, just, you just don't get it. And the more I pay attention to this thing, the more I give it meaning. And in this sense, I'm getting angry because of it. Uh, and the way I'm interpreting the criticism is I'm getting angry at it. So anger becomes my just entire reality at that time. My existence is, re is anger. So we, if we continue to do this, if we continue to sort of live in this way, you know, this is, this is fine. This is sort of the default way. This is not to sort of criticize it and go, well, this is wrong, but it's, it's just recognizing it, that this is how you're interpreting reality. This is what is causing you some kind of suffering. This is, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes we interpret the world in a particular way and it's good. And sometimes it's, it's not so good and we interpret the world in, uh, in a bad way. And we, you know, we start to suffer because of that. So this way that we're operating in the world, this is our default. As I said, this is like your default setting this sort of automatic process, this automatic process where you just, you interpret the world, you pay attention to things and like the autopilot kicks in and you start to say things about it. And to live in this way, it's sort of like you're hypnotized by the world. You're always getting pulled out into the world. You're in this kind of like waking coma kind of thing at, at any one time. So if this is the way that we experience the world, 
can we change that in some way? Can we change this kind of default setting that we have? And so the only way we can change that default setting, we can't change the fact that we experience things from a first-person perspective. You can't change that. I can't become the chicken. I, I, I can't do that. But the only thing that you can change is, and that you have some modicum of control over, is what you're choosing to pay attention to. You have a little bit of control about how you're interpreting the world, what you're, what's coming in. You have some kind of control over that to some extent. And this, if you realize that you do have a little bit of control over this and the way that you're interpreting the world, then this does actually make the world either good or bad, if you see the way you're interpreting things. The example, like an example is if you sort of like wake up in the morning, you like have your upteenth coffee or whatever it is, and you look at the news, you look at the news and you see the new like COVID stats that are there that are Omicron, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, there's, there's this many cases now and okay, now you've started to, this is in your awareness, you've put your attention on this thing. Okay, Omicron, this is all the cases, and then you, you know, go to another story of this is what the, the government is saying about it, and this is the new measures that are in place, and all the while that this is happening, you're interpreting this in a particular kind of way. And then you go on of, like, look at the, like, some protesters and all these things, and again, you're building more of this meaning of what your reality is of the COVID situation. You just continue to do this, and it's... Again, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it, but this is just the way that we actually do things. And the more we sort of get lost in these stories, the more, the more you usually interpret it in the most sort of miserable and terrible way. But we can also interpret it in a positive, we can also interpret it in a positive way, or what we think is, in a, is a positive way. Say, for example, as a Buddhist, you might look at these stories and the way, the way that the world is going at the moment, and you might sort of look at these news stories about the cases and stuff, and you might start to go, you might start to think, well, okay, well, you know, why aren't these people just being more kind to each other? Why aren't they being more considerate to each other? Why are they, you know, why are they acting in this way? I, I, I know why. I'm a, I'm a Buddhist. I know why all these people are acting in this way. It's because... It's because they've got greed, hatred, and delusion, and they're, they're sort of operating out in the world, and they're uh, making these snap decisions, and all these snap decisions that they're making are just sort of bound up by their own ego, and this is, this is the reason that they're lost in the world. But we forget is this is the exact thing that we're doing as well. Right at that time where we're thinking everybody's subjected to greed, hatred, and delusion, so are we. We're seeing the world through that lens as well. We're stuck in this kind of you know, ego that's interpreting the world in a particular kind of way. We forget that. And the most important reality that we can pay attention to is the one that's happening right now. We can't pay attention to a reality that's somewhere else. We can't pay attention to... Uh, things that are sort of outside us. The only thing we can actually be aware of is how we're interpreting reality right now. This is the only, this is the only real thing that we can that we can actually do. So, you know, we can we. We basically we operate in this way. This is this is just sort of the way that we operate. This is the way we, this is the way we work. And but the the thing that we need to try to do is to become aware of this process. And we all know that we should be like aware of this process a little bit more. Um, but it's you know it's, it's it's hard to do. And you know the majority of the time you know you don't you don't you you one you get caught up in it. And you just can't do anything about it. The second thing is sometimes you you don't want to do it. You just couldn't be bothered doing it. But you know we have to realize that we actually do have some kind of choice. 
we do have a choice about how we're interpreting the world in these different ways. So if something sort of like just like pops into our head and we, you know, we see something, we experience something, when something pops into our head, usually what we do is like, well, this is the way the world is. What I'm thinking now, this is, this is exactly the way that the world is. This, I've, I've interpreted reality in the right way. But we have to try to ask ourselves is like, is this thing that's just popped into my head, is this true? Is this real? Is this actually the way that the world is? Say, for example, you're like walking down the street and you on the other side of the street, you see a friend and you sort of you wave to them and you're, you know, this person just stonewall and ignores you. These things that come up in your head at that time, it's like, oh, maybe maybe they don't like me. Maybe they maybe they don't want to they, they don't want to talk to me. Why why don't they want to engage with me? What's you know what's wrong with them? What did I do to them? If we continue to do this, this you know this all we're doing is following whatsoever, whatever has popped up into our head at that moment. We're just taking that as reality, and we're taking that as true. But there's different ways to see the world. And again, remember, the only way that we experience the world is from this like first-person perspective, and it feels like you know, everything in the world is about me, and it's all for me, and it's all sort of coming in towards me. And if we continue with this self-centered perspective, what happens is, is that we tend to want to perceive the world in a particular way. I look out at the world through my own wants, my own desires, my own things of what I think is right, what I think is wrong. We continue to look out in the world in this way, and if people start to come in contact with us in this way, or situations and things start to come in contact, most of the time we start to think that we take the perspective that this is all coming to annoy me. All these people are doing these things and it's all about me. Everything that's happening in the world, it's in, in some way it's related to me. So like the example, the example with this is, is like, you know, I get on the bus every now and again. And you know, most of the time when I'm getting on the bus, I'm, I'm like just tired. I just, just want to get on the bus, get back to the, get back to the BSV, get back into my room in a nice quiet place and be by myself and you know, have everything nice and, you know, nice and quiet because I'm tired and I don't want to sort of deal with anybody anymore. And then I'm on the bus, I'm just sitting there and it's nice and quiet. Then all of a sudden it stops at some train station and this like wave of people jumps on the bus and some of these people jump on the bus and they're not wearing a mask and some of them they don't like tap on and they don't and they don't sort of you know scan the code and all these kinds of things and I start to look at these people and things like why you know why aren't they sort of following the rules why are they why aren't they doing any of this and then they get on and they just sort of sit down and they pull their phone out and they like just mindlessly and vapidly look at their phone and just get lost in this kind of you know ridiculous material things they're looking at clothes and shoes and all these and then they're just all sitting there dead-eyed and but then all of a sudden one of them like decides to turn some stupid YouTube like channel on with some like somebody's commenting on a game and there's all these explosions and all these things and he's not putting his headphones in and he's like he's he's just like he's playing this at full volume and he's sitting right in front of me while I'm trying to sit here and just be quiet and then there's this bunch of teenagers that are over there that are trying to, yeah, yeah, they're all like screaming and yelling and swearing and all these kinds of things and all I can think of is how much everybody's annoying me. They're all doing this to me. And so if we think this way, you know, it's, it's fine, but it's, you, know, you can see that this, the way that you're interpreting the world, this is determining your level of suffering, your level of happiness. However you interpret the world, whatever, whatever you're paying attention to, again, you're, you're just experiencing these things, but you're interpreting it in a, in a particular kind of way. And this first thing that comes online that's not necessarily the right interpretation. This isn't necessarily reality. It's just what you think reality is. You can actually choose to 
pay attention to these things in a different way. You can choose to perceive this reality in a different way. When all these people sort of like get onto the bus and, you know, onto the bus and they don't tap on and, you know, they sit there and play their ridiculous YouTube videos or whatever it is, instead of me thinking that they're like ignoring, uh, you know, they're, they're annoying me and that they're, they, um, you know, they're, they're just being selfish, I can actually see that maybe this person, they, they've jumped on the bus and that, you know, but they've just finished working like a 12 hour shift at like a donut shop or something. And it's, you know, their, their job is just mundane and boring. And it's, it's, they, they're only just surviving just on minimum wage. And they've spent this whole day at this mind numbingly boring job. And they just want to do the same thing as me. They just want to get home. They just want to get on the bus and just relax for a few minutes. They may be, be think, they might be thinking that okay, I have to get home and I have to instead of going straight home, I have to go to the grocery store. I need to get all these food because of my kids, and I need to make lunch for them tomorrow. And maybe they're going home and they have a sick parent there, and they're having to look after this sick parent. And their life is just so much harder than what my life will ever be. And this like ten minutes that they get to sit on the bus and just like tune all that out for a moment. That's the only thing that they can sort of do to relax in the whole day. So again, this is about the way that I'm interpreting the world. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make some kind of like claim here that like one way is the right way to think and the other way is the wrong way to think. Because you know, it's, it's so hard to like wake up to this process. It's so hard not to get like pulled into this because again, you are the center of that experience and this is just something that's, that's going on automatically and it's just happening on autopilot. But that at least what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get at is that you at least have the kind of choice of how you're interpreting the world. You at least have this choice of the way of what you're paying attention to. And this comes through practices like, like mindfulness. You can be more aware of, of, of your experience instead of just you know, interpreting it through this very self-centered perspective lens. You can sort of drop in and tune in and actually just experience reality for what it is. And, you know, again, it's, it's, if you're, you're sitting on the bus and you're like getting angry at everybody and you're like, you know, I do it all the time. It's, I, it, I'm not sort of, I'm not up here saying it's like, I'm perfect and I only interpret the world in a good way. It's like, I'm, I'm the one that's sort of like boiling in my own mind kind of thing. I do it as much as the next person. So it's not to say that, not to say that, you know, you should do it one way or you shouldn't do it another way, but it's just that you do have a choice. You do have a choice of the way that you're, of the reality that you're building for yourself. And if you don't know that you have that choice, then you'll just, you'll just automatically just operate on this kind of default setting. It's just an automatic process that will keep going. And if you choose to do that, you know, that's fine. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing it. But you have to ask yourself, is this default setting that I'm operating on, is this the thing that's truly actually making me happy? Am I developing contentment from this or is this causing me some kind of suffering? You know, you have a, you have a choice, you have an alternative there. You, you, can, you can choose to just believe it. You can choose to believe however you're interpreting the world of that that is reality and that, that, that this is how everything actually is. Or you can actually drop in and be aware of things as they are in any one moment. We have the choice to do that because if we just operate on this kind of default, this default kind of operating system, it's not like you, you're basically being pushed around by the whims of the world. The whole, the whole winds, it just sort of bashes you to and, th to and fro and you don't really have a choice whether you're, whether you're experiencing suffering or you're experiencing some kind of happiness. All you're doing is getting pushed around by it. And if you're getting pushed around by your interpretation of the world, then this default setting, it's going to eat you alive. 
if you just spend your time thinking about everything that's like wrong in the world, everything, everything that I can put my attention on that outrages me, you will never, ever run out of things to be annoyed about. That if you have this self-centered perspective of that the, that the world should like change to your your hopes and your desires and your sense of happiness and suffering, you will never ever ever run out of things that are going to make you miserable. If you spend your life, you know, wanting after material things, and uh, you'll never have enough of them. And at some level, you know, all of us know this. You know, we all know this at some level, but the trick is to actually stay aware of it and to keep trying to remind ourselves of it and to keep trying to tune in and drop into what reality actually is, is that it's just, it's just the way that we're interpreting it. Tuning into this reality of that this is just, this is what's appearing in my consciousness at this point in time. This is what I'm aware of and being aware that I'm just simply just interpreting it. If we can do this, this, this is the thing that actually will start to give us some kind of you know, respite from the world. Because if we don't do this, then we'll always just sort of like arrogantly perceive that my interpretation is right that the way I'm perceiving the world, that it is right. Because, you know, most of the time it is. But if you just operate by that, then you'll never actually be able to see that there's another way to look at things. If you're so sure of what you're experiencing is reality and that this is the way the world is, you'll just arrogantly accept that. You won't choose to look at things from another perspective. You won't choose to try to uh, move against this default in any way. So... If we can do this, again, it's very hard. It's very hard not to get sort of caught up in this. But if we can do this, this is the value of learning to pay attention in the proper way. This is the value of trying to reestablish our mindfulness over and over again, that we can start to actually see this process. And we can do this, we can do this not in this, again, not in this kind of like, you know, earth-shatteringly, you know, epiphanistic kind of way that everything breaks in reality and you see everything like, I don't know, like the Matrix or something and the reality breaks apart and all these kinds of things. There's nothing like that. It's just this very ordinary, mundane, dropping in and being aware of what reality is at this point in time. But then knowing that this is the way it is and knowing that all that you're experiencing and the way that you're viewing the world, that this is all just an interpretation. All you're doing is interpreting the world. If you can try to remind yourself of this sometimes, it's like, it's like putting your head up from under the water. Every now and again, you get a bit of a break from this kind of terrible master that is your own mind that, that sort of pushes you around everywhere. You get a break from this kind of myopic prism that is your your own your own self-built reality. You get a little bit of a break from that. And the more you can get a little bit of a break from that, the more you will be able to see reality actually for what it is, that it is just just simply an interpretation. So maybe with that, that's sort of enough of me uh, rambling on about about realities and all these kinds of things so hopefully hopefully it made some modicum of sense hopefully it was useful for you in some way um, and if you have any questions now you can more than welcome to ask some questions Go for it, Cora. Dr. Jai is usually here and he usually kicks proceedings off, so. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
For sure, yeah. So mm, I'm not sure if the microphone's working, so I don't know if people online actually heard that. So the question was that I, you know, I throw around the word word reality a lot, um, and and that this uh, this this process of trying to sort of like tune in and drop into that is is like that's in a way you're questioning you're questioning reality. But obviously, we have our own. We have our own uh, self-centered set of values. We have our own experiences that have built us up to the person that we that we are. Is it also a manner of questioning those things? Is that a fair? Is that a f yeah? So yeah, it's um, it definitely it definitely is also about a, sort of like a process of questioning. But it's also it's not just questioning as like. Is what I'm experiencing is this reality? It's like you're going to drive yourself nuts doing that. Like I've tried it, and it's like it's not. It's not great. It's it's you just end up like with a lot of anxiety and suffering and worrying about sort of am I just a head in a vat kind of thing? Uh, you know, like it's 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 not you know it's not great to sort of always be be questioning questioning the the nature of your own reality. Um, so, but it is in a way like a, a process of questioning is that. And it's a process of questioning the automatic responses that you have. These automatic responses that you have do come out of your own values and do come out of your own kind of personality and do come out of your own unique perspective on the world. That's just, that's a, again, that's like the default system that you're operating with. And so this default system that we're operating this, this is what we take to be ourselves. And this is what I mean by we take this to be reality because this is the only thing that we've got. I, I, I don't I don't have your experience links. I don't have your experience. All I have is this just the way that I'm viewing the world. That's that's all I have. Um, so it's a process of at least being aware of that and at least trying to be aware that this is just a lot of the times it's just autopilot. And it's autopilot based on your own personality values, all these kinds of things. So you do have to you, you pump the brakes on it every now and again, and maybe maybe question yourself. Again, I gave the example of like your friend walking across the street. Wave to your friend. Friend stonewalls you, ignores you. The first assumption that comes into your head: maybe they don't like me. Why are they ignore me? Did I do something wrong to them? Did I say something bad? It's about being aware of that process, that internal kind of monologue and going, actually, is the way that I'm labeling existence, is this real? Is what I'm interpreting here from this stimulus that's coming in, is this real? Is, have I got, the, have I, basically, have I got the right assumptions? Because most of the times, you know, what we're, the way we're sort of having this running commentary on on reality, it is just an assumption. We're assuming things. We're always assuming things. I, uh, you, you, we're doing it right now. You, you know, it's, uh, whatever we're perceiving, we're actually we're making some kind of assumptions on it. It's like, okay, well, okay, the room, the room's white and there's objects in it, so that means okay that there's people here. That means that I'm giving a talk, um, and sort of words are fumbling out of my mouth and I, so I'm assuming that I'm here giving this talk and that you're all listening but it's you know and I'm I'm, I'm assuming it's like well okay well nobody really like threw apples at me or nobody <laughs> no nobody got up and stormed out kind of things so, oh, well then you know that that sort of you know half made sense at least sometimes so I'm assuming that okay well they, they basically kind of got it so again it's just this automatic process that keeps going on. And so we do have to, in a way, question, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and question. It's like, well, actually, I can question that assumption that I've just had. Okay, maybe they, you know, nobody, nobody, they didn't set fire to anything. They didn't burn the building down. So it's, uh, they didn't run out. They didn't throw things at me. It's like, well, my assumption is that, okay, well, you, 
you basically got it, but you know, maybe I'm totally assuming that like 100% wrong and you didn't, get, <laughs> you didn't find it useful. So it is just a bit of a matter of questioning your own assumptions and questioning your own values and questioning the kind of operating system that you're working out of. So hopefully, did that answer the question? Uh, thank you for the talk, John. We did. We do have about five online questions. Go for so it. That's Go for all right. It. Rapid fire it. Go for it. Okay. Um, so the first one, I have been meditating for three years, but my mind still wanders when I focus on the breath. Yep. <laughs> Any suggestions? Keep at it. <laughs> Keep doing it. Uh, it's yeah. It's totally normal. Uh, yeah, I've been. I don't want to say how many years I've been practicing because that'll give you an idea how old I am and, uh, and how long I've maybe been a monk. But I've been doing it a while and I put my attention on the breath and my mind still wanders after all this time. It, it just happens. It's, that's, that's exactly the way that, uh, that, that the mind works and this is the way you... Uh, this is what happens in meditation. Everybody that meditates they're dealing with exactly the same problem. Everybody puts their mind on something, i.e. the breath, whatever it is, and the mind wanders off and it runs away. And you, the, that is, again, it's this process of, of sort of waking up to that and recognizing that, okay, the mind's run off, I bring it back. So this is, this is a very, very normal thing that you're experiencing. Uh, you can also... You can also try other methods. You can try to count the breath. Uh, you can try to do a mantra along with the breath. I'm sure if you've been doing it for three years, you've experienced, uh, sorry, uh, experimented with other things. So that's probably not new news to you, but there are a variety of meditation techniques out there. That it's not just the breath. There's many other things that you can try. And you have to... You, you try to keep your practice fresh in some ways, and sometimes the breath won't always work, so you maybe have to supplement that with other practices. Maybe you're in a bit of a rut, and uh, maybe just watching the breath isn't working. Maybe you need to do something like uh, develop loving kindness or something like that. So it's totally normal what you're going through. I've, I still go through it. I, it's, it's, just, it's a part of the deal. Um, uh, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of the practice. You just sort of have to accept that that's a part of it and you just keep working against it. It's if you, if you go, well, I'll just give this up that, you know, obviously that just makes things a lot worse. It's, it's not really the, the best option. So you just have to keep trying to do it, even though sometimes it can feel frustrating and it, sometimes it can feel that you're maybe not getting anywhere you are, but it just takes some time. Thank you, Ajahn. Uh, second question. Hello from Florida, USA. Hi. Hi, Florida, <laughs> USA. <laughs> Is what you're talking about also related to what folks call gut instinct? Yeah, we do have, we do, it's related related to it. I wouldn't say it's exactly gut instinct. Um, uh, but it is related to it in some respect. We do have our intuitions that, that whenever we, whenever we uh, uh, come in contact with some kind of event and some kind of information comes in, we, we have intuitions about this thing. This thing's right, this thing's wrong. Uh, I like this thing, I don't like this thing. And our, this, these gut instincts, this intuition that we kind of have is very much like what you were saying about Cora. You have these kind of, uh, you have these things that have built up on your personality and built up from who you are, and you have this kind of gut instinct that uh, somebody's like screaming at me, so that means that they're angry at me. The the the, the gut instincts are they're usually pretty right, um, but they can with things like gut instincts and intuitions and things like this. This can these can be these can go wrong. Um, so that's why we have to try to pay attention to them and realize that they are just, a lot of times it just is intuition. Um, realize a lot of times that it is just this gut reaction to something. So we might, 
Uh, and this is, this is where you know, reasoning and rationing comes into it. We might see something. Uh, we might see something in the world and have a very like, v visceral reaction to it of like, that's wrong. But then we maybe look at it a little bit more. It's like, well, why is it wrong? Why, you know, you know, why do I consider this thing to be wrong? Um, uh, a lot of times our gut reactions are just that. They're just like a gut reaction. So we do have to, um, we do have to try to keep these in check. For me, for example, like I, I have a, a gut reaction to, 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 to like green slimy things, like green slimy foods and things like this. Like, oh, like anything that's sort of like baby diarrhea color green, I have this gut reaction. I, I don't like that. But a lot of times it's, it's just food. It might be like a smoothie or something. It might, somebody might have given me a green smoothie. But I have this like gut instinct reaction of like, ugh, nah, I don't want to drink that. But if I actually am aware of that process, then I can go, oh, hang on, that's just a, that's just a sort of a, a biologically hardwired instinct that I have, that things that are that color and usually that texture are uh, poisonous or dangerous or will be some kind of like dangerous to my system. So I can override that. I can, okay, no, it's a, it's a smoothie. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a smoothie. I can, I can drink this thing and um, that's just, you know, that's, that's how your reasoning and your rationing can override these kinds of gut instincts. But that's maybe getting a little bit off topic. So in a way, they are your gut instincts. They are your intuitions. Um, and so you do just have to be very careful about them. Sometimes they will be right. Sometimes they will be wrong. The point I was trying to get at is that they are just intuitions. And you are just interpreting them in a particular kind of way. Sometimes your intuitions are right. Sometimes your intuitions are wrong. It's not to say that you shouldn't follow them at all times. If, if you're like walking down a dark alley at night and like you know it's 12 o'clock and there's like a like shadowy figures coming down with like what looks like guns and steel bars and all these kinds of things if your intuition is like i should run i should get out of here don't just go well you know Ajahn Sadaro said that i should override my intuitions and you know this is all just this is all just conceptual reality that i'm that i'm sort of you know building up in my own head and this is maybe not exactly how reality is. No, like get out of the alley, like leave. Like, so sometimes these intuitions and these things like this, the, the, you know, the good, the helpful. Uh, so it's not that you should always override them, but it just at least be aware of that process. Thank you, Ajahn. Um, I'll just read a comment that someone left. Okay. Um, amazing talk, Ajahn. You always talk straight to me about something going on in my life. I did this exact thing to my son, accused of not contacting his grandfather and made up a reality in my mind. Mm. Turned out his girlfriend was in, in the hospital. So mm. deeply a different reality. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, it's, you know, you don't, you don't always know what's going on in somebody else's head. Like it's, it's like you just, you just can't. Like it's um, why somebody does something. You might go, oh, well, even, even somebody that I, know, that I know really well, I know why they're doing what they're doing. But you're never sure. You're never sure at all. Okay, again, you, like you're not that person. So we just have to be, again, we just have to be careful. We have to be careful about how we're looking at the world, how we're looking at the people around us. And it's best, you know, it's sort of best practice is it's not right all the time, obviously, but best practice is to like try to at least give people the benefit of the doubt. Try to at least view things in in the in the most uh, uh, positive light that you can. Could be, be, have the most charitable kind of interpretation. Say, for example, okay, your son the son doesn't uh, doesn't call his grandfather. It's like, well, you know, maybe there's something going on. I can sort of talk to him. Uh, I can maybe and ask him, because again, if we just assume there's like he just he's a lazy he's a lazy kid that doesn't want to talk to his grandfather and isn't haven't I raised a terrible son and all these kinds of things and you know like if you, if you're just thinking about that you assume again you're assuming uh, why he's acting in the kind of way again if you assume that you know what is happening. You won't really take this other person's perspective. So this is why we have to try to 
try to be as charitable as we can to other people and try to you know, at least see, okay, well, why they're doing it, interact with them, ask them why. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's a, again, it's a hard thing to do. So, you know, so it's, it's good that you sort of at least sort of recognize that that's going on. Thank you, Ajahn. So the next question is related to the Metta Sutta. Mm. Um, radiating kindness is a new concept for me. Could you please explain it? Would <laughs> sorry, ra sorry, ra what radiating about kindness? kindness? Radiating, okay, yep. yep. Um, would this help your bus situation you were talking about? <laughs> for me, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm terrible at radiating kindness. <laughs> um, yeah, so radiating kindness. Um, there, you do have this kind of feeling. You do have this kind of feeling as when you're when you're uh, empathetic or compassionate to someone, or you're you're or you're feeling kind towards others. That there is, it, it does feel like there's this this outflow of kindness and compassion. And again, this comes because of the same thing I started talking about. You have your own perspective, and for me, everything in the world feels like like I'm pushing my my words, my deeds, I'm pushing my body out into the world. Um, and the rest of the world is sort of like coming in at me. But I, my actions, my thoughts, my speech, I feel like I'm creating this and it's radiating out into the world some way. My speech that I'm saying now, that this is radiating out towards others. The thoughts, the feelings that I have, I see, you know, I see a kid, that is like like funny or whatever, and it's like ah, oh, that's a cool kid, and you you have this feeling of like kindness towards the child. This it sort of radiates out in that way. So this practice of radiating uh, metta and loving kindness, um, in a way, it's like that. It's like you're considering others that are outside of you. And in a way, that feeling is sort of moving towards them. Whether you know whether they um, this person can receive that or not, that's like a, that's another that's another story altogether. But what matters is is what's sort of filling your existence at that point in time. Are you is your is your reality is your existence is the way that you're perceiving and interpreting the world. Is there loving kindness in that? And, it, and is that the thing that you're sort of like pushing out into existence? It's so it's not like if you're radiating, and this is my interpretation, there's, there are different interpretations. It's not like if you're radiating kindness, you're like shooting a lightning bolt of like, like energy or kindness towards others. I, I'm not sure if that happens or not. Um, but it is it is about developing these these states within the mind and that and it's sort of aimed at another person so in a way it feels like there's that kind of outflowing that kind of radiation radiation there so yeah it could it have helped me on the bus like uh, yeah i try to like I, I really i really do try to uh i i try to make uh, so i have to sort of again i have to sort of like it's like oh, okay this guy that's like this guy that's like playing this like mumble rap tune at like at, at high volume and he's not putting his headphones in and I try <laughs> I try to be kind towards this okay maybe you know again okay maybe he's just had a bad day and he's you know the, the guy's like you know 16 years old it's not a big deal he doesn't really sort of you know uh, try to be kind try to develop these kinds of things and it helps it sort of it's a it's like you know but a lot of times it's like throwing a cup of water on a like a, a on a building fire. So it's it, it it helps a little bit, but you know. But that again, this is just me. This is <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully it could have helped, and it will help other people. It'll. I'm sure. I'm sure you all view the world in a much better way than what I do, and in a more kind and compassionate way than what I do. So I'm sure that you're doing it, and it's it's working out well for you. So, but. Yeah. Thank you, Ajahn. Um, next question is, what I understood from the talk was you can think, but don't be what you're thinking. Is that right? Because 
it is going to cause a lot of suffering. So we have to be quick to be aware of that. Yeah, but uh, to an extent, though, um, sometimes what you're thinking is right. Um, sometimes the you know the thought that you may have that you need to do something, you know, that might be the right thing to do. So. Um, Sometimes you do need to follow the thoughts that you're having. This is just, this is actually how we operate in the world. This, this works most of the time. But again, just not, the, the trick is not just always assuming that you're right. Because we, because this is this, you know, innate reaction that we have that we just, we just assume that we're right because this is just how we experience the world. The information's come in, we've made an interpretation of it, so we assume that it's right. It's just the natural default setting that we actually have. So it's not about, it's not about saying that, you know, your thoughts that you might have is wrong, you know. Again, getting back to the, 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 the example of your friend across the street, you wave to them, they, they, they totally ignore you, you, the, the thought might come online of like, what did I do to them? And then that, that actually might lead you to the point of like, oh, actually, I, I, you know, I did something nasty to them. And so it might be leading you in a good direction and, and the, the thought that you might have might be right. Um, but then also just to, again, just to remember that you're just making assumptions all the time. You're just interpreting things in a particular way. Sometimes the assumptions are right. Sometimes the assumptions are wrong. Um, one thing I didn't really go over is like, uh, we, you know, at the moment I assume that the way that I'm sort of thinking and seeing the world that it's all that it is all like right, and this is a this is a good assumption. I'm pretty sure I'm awake. I'm pretty sure I'm talking to people. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm here. I could be dreaming. Um, you know, you, we've all we've all had dreams, and it's like it feels really, really real, and we're in it, and all these strange things happen. Um, so my assumption that I have at the moment that I'm awake and that I'm experiencing things and I'm I'm actually talking, um, I'm hoping this is a good assumption. I'm hoping the thoughts that I'm having about this are right, and so I'm trying to act on those in the in the in the right way. So. Sometimes these thoughts that we have are, are right, and so sometimes you should should follow them. But again, just not don't just sort of assume that they always are right. I think I think that answers the question. Maybe yeah. Thank you, Arjun. Um, last question: hmm. How to live knowing that I am anatta? If if you live knowing that you're a nutter, like your life is much better than mine. Like it's if you live knowing that you're a nutter, then you're enlightened and like things would be awesome for you. Like it's I I, I that's what I'm trying to do all the time. If you know that, it's like that's awesome. Like how how do I do it? Like please tell me. Um, obviously being facetious here, but. Um, It is a bit of a conundrum. Like it's, you know, how, how do you live knowing that, you know, everything that you experience, this whole process that you feel like is you, there's no abiding self behind that. So how do I, how do I take responsibility for things? How do I, you know, act in the world? How do I, how do I, you know, how do I take any kind of agency over anything? How do I, how do I, you know, how do I get out of bed in the morning to go, well, if everything's a nutter and it's, it's all just a process of like, well, why not just like stay here and like let the world go as it is and let my body and my mind go as it is. We have to realize that the, whether, whether you know things are a natter or you don't know things are a natter, it doesn't change the fact that they are. Things are going to be a natter anyway. But you still have to operate in the world. You still have to like get up. You still have to go and go to work. You still have responsibilities. You still have all these things that you need to actually do in your life. You still need to operate in this kind of way. But if we try to recollect and realize that things are anatta is instead of just 
blindly going along with them and getting sort of, you know, pulled around by them of like, well, my body, it's in pain now and my body's in pain and you know, this is making everything else in my, in my life uh, terrible just because my body's in pain. If we can actually recollect and reflect that it is just, a, that it is just, it is an atta, it is this uh, impersonal phenomena, then you won't get as, you won't suffer as much because of it. The suffering's still going to be there. The things that come in contact with it are still going to be there. You still have to operate in the world. You still move about throughout the world. You still have to try to, uh, you know, use these five khandas that you have for the best possible means that you can. You still are making some kind of karma by being in the world, even though your five khandas are not self and that nothing about you is self. There is, at some level, who you are and what you're doing is impacting the world around you in some way. So you have to ask yourself, do I want to contribute to other people's harm or do I at least want to try to help them as much as I can? This thing is anatta. It's, I, I, can't, I can't get out of that. That's just sort of the way it is. Whether I, whether I recognize it or whether I don't recognize it it, it, like it, it doesn't really matter. But what does matter is the way that I'm moving these five khandas throughout the world. Maybe if you realize that things are non-self, you might think, well, you know, this doesn't matter for me. But you have to remember that it's like that everybody else, it matters for them. If I basically think that everything's not self, the body's not self, and I like walk up and like punch somebody in the face, you know, that matters a lot to that person. It's not like, well, I can go, well, everything's a nutter. I, <laughs> I can just punch you in the face now and, you know, I'm not self, you're not self, none of this matters. You have to, things still do matter to people. Things still matter to you as well. People hurt you still matters a lot to you, even though you know that it's anatta. If somebody criticizes you or somebody hurts you in some way, it's not great. So the nice, the, the thing that we have to try to do, so even though we know that things are anatta, things are anatta, and we have to try to keep recollecting that and trying to be aware of that as much as we possibly can, we have to, in some ways, act like things aren't. We have to act like we have agency and we have to act like our, our actions matter. We have to do this is because this is, this, is the, this is the most harmonious way to be in the world. If we think nothing matters and we think that we don't need to do anything because it's all non-self, then you're going to cause suffering for the world around you. So in effect, even if you do recollect and realize that things are not self, you still have to act in a way like things were self. So hopefully, hopefully that makes some modicum of sense. Are there any more questions or comments in the room just before we go on? Are you all thoroughly confused? <laughs> Ajahn, I, I um, thank you so much for the talk. That's there right. are a lot of uh, good comments online, okay, appreciating. Cool. Cool. And, and uh, to return to the topic, it did remind me um, of uh, a quote that you may know by um, Bertrand Russell, the philosopher, oh, yeah. mm. um, who said, the whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves mm. and wise people so full of doubts. Yeah. And um, just a, it was a something I try to do is when I feel I'm very sure about someone or something is, is and the more sure I am, for me, that's a, it's a danger sign. It's yeah, the it's... more, more certain I am, the more conscious I have to be that, hang on, this is just a view. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, I'm starting to see the world in a certain way. Also, also people, when you, when people remember things as well, I'm certain that I remember this thing in the right way. They're, they're the ones to be like most cautious of. <laughs> Very good. So, well, you know, I, I can, I can, I definitely can't live up to Bertrand Russell. It's, it's, 
as a, you know, that's that's a that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty high bar. So, oh, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for that. And so, uh, so we'll probably we'll call it we'll call it. it we are finishing at ten forty five or something now. That's the that's the time, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Well, it's about ten forty five now. So, we might uh, we might call it a date. Is there any other announcements or anything, Adrian? Or okay, well, if if that's the case, you're all welcome to we'll, uh, have a shared lunch. Lunch, shared lunch over there, and so we might end up by just uh, paying respects to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, if you like, and we'll, I'll see you whenever I see you.